everyone. And um, if you'd like, we could take a little bit of time for questions. Uh, bef- uh, people still might be coming in, so rather than starting right away, it's be a good opportunity if you have any questions about the concentration practice. And if you could use the mic, if you have a question, that would be helpful. Um, I didn't have a chance to ask this at the last session, but um, while we did the meditation in session, I got extremely fidgety, like I felt like I was just going to crawl out of my skin. I couldn't concentrate on the breath. I couldn't concentrate on anything. I have never in years can remember a meditation that was that bad. Mm. So I, the thing that occurred to me, probably if that had happened at home, I would say, okay, now's not the time to meditate. But usually in a group, I find it really centering. I just don't know what was going on. It's hard for me to know, but uh, uh, I do know it's a uh, it's a very bad thing to judge meditation as being bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that uh, that label is rather unfortunate, and um, meditations can be difficult. They can be unpleasant. Um, they can be challenging. But uh, bad is kind of a really un- unuseful label for meditation experience. Um, the um, um, what you're describing is not so uncommon. Someone can meditate for quite a long time and suddenly uh, come across a bout of phenomenal restlessness. Uh, it can feel like you're at the rodeo. All you can do is kind of stay stay still. You're ready to bolt, and uh, it doesn't necessarily a sign you're going backwards. But it could be a sign, it could be a symptom of things are being um, revealed or released. There's a tremendous amount of stuff that we keep um, um, bottled up or we keep kind of hidden or underground in our system. And as the mind gets concentrated, it's kind of like we're beginning to settle into the that underground or settle into the, the deeper aspects of our being or we're expanding out to include much more of who we are, depending on how you want to use the analogy. Sometimes we're living with blinders on. And um, so it's not so much we're going into unconscious, but we're living with blinders on. And there's aspects of our life that we just don't pay attention to. And as the concentration deepens, the awareness becomes softer and more open. You can't do the, the effort of kind of excluding things doesn't work so well. And so then um, with concentration and mindfulness practice, uh, these more subconscious or deeper held things will reveal themselves, will touch them. And as we touch them, sometimes... Uh, uh, restlessness is what they are, and sometimes we get in contact with some deeper stuff. We can get very restless in the contact. So restlessness, you know, it can happen. There's also a kind of restlessness that restlessness that can happen that uh, is a symptom of concentration practice itself or an itching. Um, we, we, just before this started happening, did you, were you feeling calmer or you're feeling kind of agitated even before it started? I don't really remember. I I don't remember feeling really agitated beforehand. So I was really surprised when it came up during the meditation. Yeah. So, so, you know, as people get calmer in meditation, and when they have what they call, what people can call sometimes opening, wow, I had this great opening, uh, sometimes those are followed by difficult periods. It's kind of like, wow, it's really great. I'm so open in some way. 
but then you're open, you're, you know, and so there's all the stuff that come pouring into that open space. And so people are sometimes quite discouraged because they think, wow, you know, I was so open, what happened to my great spiritual experience? I was so open. Well, it didn't go away, it just got filled. And it's a good thing, it's, you know, it's a good, good way to get filled. And so it's quite common for deep, not, not always, but uh, when people have some, what they might call a deep spiritual experience, that some, sometimes it's followed by a difficult period in a person's life. Um, so that happens it's on a small scale and a big scale. Um, what happens sometimes with, um, with, as the mind gets strongly concentrated, uh, there can be um, straight, unusual body... I talked a little bit about unusual, usual perception, um, uh, perceptual distortions last week, but there can also be, um, kind of related to that, or maybe related to this, strange uh, sensory experiences that can happen. And one of them that can happen for some people is a feeling of their uh, skin uh, crawling or uh, itching or feeling there's insects crawling up across your skin. And uh, I've actually opened my eyes in meditation because I was convinced that there was ants or insects crawling across and there's nothing there. And, um, and um, I don't know why that's some t- sometimes a symptom of concentration or a, a, a consequence of concentration. But sometimes as a person gets concentrated, these unusual things happen in the body for a while. And that can be one of them. Um, so I don't know what it is for you, you know, what it is, but uh, mostly I just want to normalize it for you and say that sooner or later everyone has something like that. And, um, and uh, a sign of, to use kind of your term, a sign of, a, if you're really restless and it's really unpleasant, really difficult to stay there, a good meditation is simply that you didn't leave. You saw it to the end. Uh, you simply, and there, sometimes it's so difficult to sit there. I mean that that um, that it takes all your effort and resolve and patience and everything just not to bolt. And the fact that you didn't bolt, that's the fact that you're able to work with well enough not to bolt. That's a good meditation, um, as opposed to thinking it's supposed to be some infinite bliss and some great calm or something. I don't know if that was helpful, but yes. As we've been practicing over these weeks, I've discovered that I can um, initiate a concentrated state without too much difficulty, but sustaining it is very difficult for me. So I don't, you may be talking about that tonight. You said you might talk about obstacles, but I don't know if you want to say something now, but I'd like to hear something about that. Uh Uh, I feel like I almost need, can you describe what a concentrated state is like for you? Um, Yes, I feel my breath physically gets calmer. I'm able to really experience it in the body um, and at the same time sort of get a sense of the whole body breathing as well as whatever spot seems to be the most apparent. And um, my mind is not bothering me very much. Uh That feels concentrated. Uh But when I begin to realize I'm not concentrated, I realize I've been following a, a strain of thought. Uh-huh. And okay, so um, um, one of the things that's, uh, that uh, can happen uh, as people get more concentrated, they tend to get calmer. And as they get calmer in meditation, uh, they tend to, people tend to become a little more complacent and uh, kind of relax. Everything's cool. They kind of soothe themselves in meditation. And um, one of the one of the great obstacles to de- continuing and developing continuity and practice sustaining it, it one of the obstacles is, is complacency, to kind of being lulled into a sense of everything's okay and it's cool and you know, whatever, every, everything is fine. And um, 
people who meditated for some time and able to get fairly comfortable in meditation enter kind of preliminary kind of light kind of states of concentration, sometimes they just put themselves to sleep. And I've done that for a long periods of time where I just was nodding off my meditation because I was complacent, you know, I wasn't really... So sometimes what's needed is to kind of, um, uh, kind of awaken a kind of uh, alertness or arouse dedication or more effort in the practice to bring some balance. That's one thing that can be. Um, there's many things. One of the, one of the uh, principles here is you should try to understand better what happens to you. Um, as you, I mean, always, uh, uh, if, you, if, you, if, you, if there's an obstacle to develop concentration, it's really important to study what the nature of that is. So it might take many meditation sessions to really get a handle on it. But to begin looking, what happens? Uh, can you kind of find what happens just before your mind begins wandering off and you lose that state? And, and it might, you might go 20 times without noticing that. But you keep trying, at some point you might see. And, and you might see that something very interesting happens just before. And uh, if you can see what happens just before, then uh, it gives you s- information that you can use then to you know, s- stay with it rather than getting dis- uh, distracted. And a follow-up to that, when I have these sessions like this, then it feels like I'm doing more work than concentrating. Uh, uh, what session? Work, I mean, I'm trying to pull myself back and I guess I associate concentration with that sort of calm, clear um, sensation and maybe I'm misunderstanding what concentration is. In other words, yeah. if I feel like if I'm constantly having to change what I'm doing by coming away from thought and trying to come back to breath right. without thinking, right. that doesn't feel like concentration so much as it feels like making a big effort to change something. Uh, well, an important part of concentration is, um, is learning how to work with a distracting mind. And a lot of working with it is, is bringing it back and bringing it back until it begins to relax and, and, uh, and get tamed and kind of lose its power over you. And so that sometimes takes a lot of bringing back. So um, uh, there's a time, especially uh, when a person you know, has a distracted mind, where meditation can be, can be at times a lot of work, a lot of manual work. And that's what's required. And then as, uh, as the, the mind gets tamed or settled or relaxes, um, then at that point, uh, uh, you, the effort can start switching and becomes more and more effortless. In deep states of concentration, there's still strong effort, but the eff- effort feels effortless. You're not doing it and making it happen. It's like if you want to go for, if you, if, you know, I, I've seen that if I go running. If I haven't run for a while, especially. And, um, you know, the first 500 yards, you know, I don't like it at one bit. It's unpleasant, you know, this, these messages coming up from my body saying, stop, this is ridiculous, you, you know. And, um, and it really feels like I'm kind of, have to kind of keep going and trudging along. It's like I have weights somehow, you know, my arms and my legs and just, it's a lot of work. And I have to kind of make the effort, I kind of rouse myself to keep going. And then at some point, after 500 yards or, you know, some point, um, something begins happening inside, physiologically or mentally, I don't know exactly what. And I kind of get into a groove, certain kind of good energy gets aroused, and it then becomes self-sustaining. And then after a while, it feels like it's almost effortless to run, even though I'm burning a lot of calories. It's just kind of like it's going along really well. And uh, so uh, meditation can be the same thing. There are times when it's like manual labor, and that's what's required. And, and, uh, and then at some time when things click or kind of, then it becomes, um, you know, effortless more effortless. And um, 
So, I mean, a lot of people associate meditation with calm. And, uh, and meditation should be, cal- concentration practice should be calming. However, if we associate meditation with calm too much, or that's the only association we have, then people can lull, them, lull themselves into too much calm. Uh, you can have excessive calm. Calm always needs to be balanced with effort. And they both need to be strong. And, um, and so often people kind of focus on one factor rather than both together. So that, um, you know, it's fine to get calm, but the calmer you get, the more you need to balance that or meet that with a healthy sense of vitality and energy in the practice. And uh, so people think that meditation is only about getting calm. And some people are so stressed out in, in this society of ours that they need to relax. And so they're kind of pushing the relaxa- relaxation factor in meditation, and at some point they overdo it. And then it's, uh, when you get overly calm, sometimes it's really easy for the mind to drift off. Thank you. How's that? Is that any better? Can you hear it now? Yes, right behind you. Um, every once in a while I read something about the jhanas and I really don't understand what that means. And especially I've heard it said in the context of concentration meditation more so than mindfulness. And I was wondering if you had the time to explain maybe a little bit about yeah. that. that, that was, that's, that's one of the main topics for next week. Yes, here in front. Um, so I've been trying to get a feeling for, I've been trying to get concentrated. I mean, that's kind of, I sit down or sit on the cushion and it's trying to get concentrated. And I'm kind of, I'm under the impression that it's, it's sort of, um, I'm never going to be able to kind of make myself become concentrated, that it's more or less just trying to get the right tone, the right feeling, and at some point I'll be concentrated, not out of my effort. The effort kind of gets you into the vicinity, and then accidentally you become concentrated kind of as a, as a byproduct almost. I mean, is that I think it's good. I, I, think, I think it's a, it's a good way of looking at it, that um, wh- when there's kind of qualitative shifts in concentration, in meditation, that uh, it's not something we do. It's not like you can just tr- push a button and suddenly you get concentrated. Um, it's more like you're, you're creating the conditions for concentration. You do. You have to do your effort, and then, um, but you're not responsible for the moment you get concentrated when the concentration kind of uh, kicks in. So it's kind of um, so. You know, if you if you a person, it's kind of delicate thing to talk to to negotiate. But if a person, if there's too much self too much self-effort. I'm, I'm the one who's going to do this. I'm going to succeed and try to get concentrated. Um, and you're pushing, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, push it. Um, you're probably not going to get concentrated. So there has to be some kind of, um, um, you know, some sense that you're really doing this, you're applying yourself, um, but there's a sense of allowing something else, some other, as- you know, it's not something mysterious or something, you know, some other aspect of the psyche to kind of kick in and, and, and work. So it's kind of like the image uh, I like of, you know, uh, healing a wound, a cut. Uh, you have to do all the work of cleaning the cut and putting a bandage over it. Um, but you can't actually, with your small little, you know, thinking mind, 
uh, or, um, engineer the healing. You just have to create the conditions so this amazing uh, capacity of the body can function on its own. So in the same way with concentration, it's kind of an amazing thing when the mind gets concentrated, um, kind of kind of gets kind of gets collected and settled and in a groove. And um, so we kind of do the work and kind of shepherd along, shepherd along, and then at some point, when the conditions are right, um, uh, something else happens. You know, so the, the work that I'm doing, so let's say I'm fairly settled and I'm following the breath, and it's more or less. Um, a lot of times I'm sitting there, well, what should I be noticing or feeling or, or concentrating on it? You, come, you know, um, I don't know quite what to say. I notice the breath, I notice the sensations and stuff, but it seems like I should be picking out a certain thing or, or settling on a particular sensation. Well, one of, one of the factors that uh, is important for concentration is the factor of one-pointedness. So there has to be some sense of the mind choosing one basic one thing, usually a small object. Sometimes it could be a big one, but someplace one thing, and it's going the, 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 the focus is going to be held there, but not fixated, not tight, but held in that one place. So, um, so for example, with the breath, um, there's a variety of places you might feel the breath, but often what I, uh, I'll use um, area just a couple of inches below my belly button, and I'll just hold my attention there, and I'll do my best so that attention doesn't waver, just stay there. And it's kind of a dumb thing. I mean, dumb in the sense that it doesn't require a lot of intelligence. It's not a lot of um, uh, exploration and kind of understanding that, not analyzing the details of those sensations. It's just kind of, I'm going to be there. And, um, and of course, the mind wanders and all kinds of things goes on. But I just keep it there. And, and there's kind of, this, kind of this simple faith or devotion to, okay, just stay there, just stay there. And then eventually, uh, uh, and the more absorbed you can be with that very simple kind of sensation, a very simple object of concentration. They get more and more absorbed, more involved, letting go of everything else that's, that's different from that. There's a lot of letting go going on. And getting absorbed, really set, settled on that. Um, <clears throat> sometimes you can get really concentrated, you know, partly sometimes when you get concentrated, you have no idea you're even concentrated. Because you're just so absorbed in that focus that you're doing. And then the, the meditation ends and you realize, wow. You know, wow. <laughs> you know, I'm in an altered state, but it doesn't seem so altered when you're in it because you, you don't have the the contrast to see it because you're just like it's just like this one little sensation. You're staying right there. Um, so the idea is kind of you want to tether or hook your attention in one place and kind of keep keep it there the best you can. Some people will do it with a whole breath, kind of wide area of the breathing, and some people will choose a very Precise here, the breath. Some people choose, you know, just the sensations of the air going in and out through the nostrils. I like to do it here, usually down here. Some people in the middle of the chest, and then you want to just keep it there. And it's, it's, it's I think it's useful in a sense to think of it as being a, a dumb thing, because if you're if you're, you're if you're trying to be too intelligent about it, you know, figuring it out and trying to analyze and trying to engineer it to happen, and you know, it just it's, it's too much activity and busyness of the mind that's going to keep you agitated. There's some, there's some kind of simplicity, a very s- simple thing. You just keep your mind right there. But it, but it doesn't mean you don't use your intelligence, but you use all your intelligence for the purposes of stilling the mind, of absorbing the mind in this thing. And um, um, But there is this qual- quality of just kind of keeping it there. And then, um, so that, I, mean, I don't know if I said this earlier, but um, I think most people have some experience of getting concentrated. Um, um, I mean, so for example, reading a really good novel, you get absorbed in a really good book. Sometimes it's a movie or something. 
sometimes, um, uh, you know, uh, I sometimes said sometimes that uh, you don't need a lot of, you don't need a great ability to concentrate in order to get concentrated. The amount of concentration you use to take the written exam in the DMV is enough. Now, I, don't, I don't know if that's true, but most people, when they take that exam, you know, are just doing it and they're focused on doing it. And I mean, it's usually not a problem of looking out the window and, you know, wondering what they're going to do on Tuesday. And I mean, this is what they're doing. And um, so it just somehow training the mind, getting the, developing the wisdom of, of um, uh, the wisdom, enough wisdom to be able to have the mind resting in one place, all the rest of our being composed and settled on that one activity, and trusting it's okay to let go of everything else. Trusting it's okay to let go of, of uh, thinking about Tuesday, thinking about our DMV exam, thinking about anything else that might... Trusting, so just let go of everything except the simplicity of this thing happening right now. Um, have you ever seen it was popular some years ago um, these postcards or, or paintings they were full of dots different colors and you know just abstract dots but then if you kind of you know you know you, you take a lead of people you, know, you do these things with your eyes and go cross leg you go cross eyed and you do all kinds of whatever you could kind of you know and then eventually and suddenly you saw this amazing 3D, you know, painting of a mountain and a boat and a, you know, pirate and, you know, all these, you know, you know, there's a whole bunch of, have you seen those? You know some of those? And, and um, you know, and, and some people don't get it, but some people get it or some, it takes a long time to get it. But once you get it, you kind of get it. You, you learn this kind of odd, odd kind of thing. That you, you kind of have to let go and you kind of have to do something at the same time and it's kind of like, this, you know, it's, and to shift, um, getting concentrated uh, is a little bit like that too. It's kind of like it takes a while to get the hang of it, to learn what it's about. And, um, and once you start getting a hang of it, then it becomes easier and easier. But, you know, how do you first learn how to do it? So it's a lot of experimentation, a lot of effort, a lot of trying, um, and then uh, letting yourself get calm, absorbed. And then um, at some point, something happens, some shift happens. And if that shift happens often enough, then you begin kind of learning actually a little bit more how to do that and how to relax or open up or do that shift that keeps you right there. Okay. Um, It's very hard to get concentrated if we feel bad about ourselves. So if we're uh, feeling, um, you know, any kind of bad about ourselves, um, partly because feeling bad about yourself is a distraction. You know, it's it's gonna it's you know it's a preoccupation with thoughts and opinions and ideas, and any kind of. In fact, you know, if you spend as much, act, you know, usually people think badly about themselves or feel badly about themselves. There's a, you know, it's a lot of energy goes into that. If you spend the same amount of energy feeling really good about yourself, it probably is also an obstacle to meditation. Um, but however, 
having a, a warm, kind regard for yourself, having a kindness or friendliness towards yourself, having some fe- feeling, basically having a good disposition towards yourself, be kindly disposed to yourself, is really helpful for developing concentration. So you're not in conflict with yourself. There's not this fragmentation and war and fighting going on. Now, for some people, that's a tall order. It takes a lot of years of work to have this basic friendliness towards oneself. Some people can do it relatively easily. Uh, But it's really a a well-worth thing to develop and cultivate. Um, And in Buddhism, you're allowed to think well about yourself. It's not automatically taken as a form of egotism or selfishness. Uh, Basically, you want to treat yourself uh, with the same kindness and kind regard they would treat a neighbor or a relative or a loved one or a stranger in some traditions. Uh, You treat yourself as a certain level of kindness and friendliness. So let's start with a a session of meditation now. If you'd like to stand and stretch for 30 seconds or so, you're welcome to do that.